0: This is the Things We Do podcast, a podcast about film life, television, culture, mental health and all of that fun, jazzy stuff. Today I've got my special guest and friend, Abigail Honey. Hello.
1: Hello. How are you going?
0: Good. How are you?
1: Happy to be here.
0: Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to, you know, say that how long, are, uh, it's been five years since knowing each other.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It has. Which
0: um, feels a bit surreal. Does and, it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, a little bit. I don't know why. I feel mm-hmm. like I've known you, uh, like, through probably the most different stages of my life.
1: Yeah, it's been a, a expansive journey. <laughs> it
0: has been, because yeah. I think you've seen the rise and fall and the rise. <laughs> it's like <laughs> if Rome fell. Um, yeah, I don't know. You, I just feel like you've known me for a long time, and we sort of, like, popped in and out of each other's lives. Um through this like different points. Or it's like we've either, you know, started out well like I think also we started out sort of similar times. We started out doing stuff more stuff around the similar time than before. Like you were when we worked together we were both pretty sort of like, you know, learning still the ropes and now we're (laughs) and now we're much more expansive. Would you agree with that?
1: Yeah. Well yeah, I don't even know if I'm more expansive now. I got more expansive and now I feel like I've de expansed. de expansed. in in our world like in the world that we met the sort of acting creative world um it was definitely a time I was doing a lot probably maybe like a year would you say two years after we met yeah and then yeah I went to take a break for six months and then COVID happened and I don't do a lot, oh I say I don't do a lot and sometimes if someone asks me about acting specifically I'm like oh I'm retired and then uh, I have to field like three calls from my agent a week, not field that's not fair but um, (laughs) I'm like oh I guess I'm not like I'll do any audition that comes through but I don't feel like I'm um, hustling yeah, you've you've
0: sort of like taken a step back and just been like
1: yeah, like it's not my job, it doesn't go on my tax record anymore, ah yeah. Ah, nice. Yeah.
0: So you don't have to go, oh, okay, there you go. A little bit of tax and record incentive for the acting life. Yeah. Um, oh my god. So you but where did this all start? Because you did acting, you've done some producing, you've done some writing. You've, you've done a little bit of everything, like, as far as, like, insanity goes. You sort of, <laughs> you dipped your toe in a quite a fair amount of stuff.
1: I do like to have my fingers in a lot of pies at any given time. Um, <laughs> like, I don't remember ever having one job. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, also I did producing long enough to know that I don't want to do it. So that, okay. that barely goes in there. Boy, it is not for me. Really? Like, yeah, I know you like it. I just don't understand why.
0: <laughs> it's 'Cause you organize people's time and then they say no. I and mean, you have to keep rescheduling. Rescheduling is the worst to line everyone up in a room. Yeah. It's like the hardest thing. Um, but it's fun when you get like when you're there on set.
1: Oh, when it's all come together, yeah. It's the
0: best feeling in the world. That's like the producer feels proud, but when it doesn't go to like line, you're just like stressed.
1: So I feel like I was still stressed on set, and I was like, I know this isn't the job for me because my favorite part is when it ends.
0: Wow. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. Fair yeah. point.
1: <laughs> when like the filming is over and you can like hand it into like someone else doing posts, and I don't have to touch it anymore. I'm like, yeah, yeah. that's the part that felt good, and I'm like, really, yeah.
0: Wow. So is this like um, is this be particularly with your latest project that you did? Like, yeah. Um, so
1: we did that in May, and um, yeah,
0: I can't believe it's been since May.
1: Yeah it, it it has in equal parts flown and been no time at all. Like it's still in post. We haven't we haven't finished it yet. But um, we're both two extremely busy people, and we, me and um, Kitty. Wrote that from scratch. And, yeah. And then sort of developed it from there and did a lot of the production.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And it was... It was not my thing. <laughs> yeah. Were you proud of it though? Oh, yeah. Like I loved the project that we made. Yeah. I didn't like... The job. T- set, like the call hands. I loved the writing and I loved the acting. Yeah. Yeah. And have no need to get back in the... Dip my toe back in the producing pool again.
0: Interesting. Yeah. So you're just like, nah, you know, mm. walk away. So we, when you were growing up, mm-hmm. which one came first? Like, we, was it always acting as a kid?
1: It was always acting. I, I think I even resented not being able to sing uh, or dance at all because, like, stage specifically was probably my first love. And yeah. I think when you're a really little kid, oh, I didn't know that you could act... And not sing and dance, because every single children's entertainment show back then yeah. was a musical. Um, and I was like, but I want to do that. But how do I do that if I'm horrible at these two things?
0: Wait, did you go out and do school plays? Did you?
1: Yeah, I did school plays and went to a little drama school from, I think, first grade. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, just did that. Growing- I, grew up in a- I grew up in Albury, Wodonga. Mm. So, or I guess there's debate around whether that's a small town,
0: but... Um, I'd still call it pretty small, like... Y- yeah. What's the population size? Mm. That's a, That's like the question. What's the population size? Yeah, that's stuff? an excellent question. Yeah. You don't know? No or... idea. <laughs>
1: I, uh, I want to say around like 80,000, but then you that's including all of the out, yeah. outside little yeah. towns and things. Like that's the region. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, significantly smaller than than Wagga and Wollong- Wollongong. Yeah. yeah,
0: Wollongong is now classified as a city. It wasn't until probably like yeah, like last twenty thirty years. Like yeah, that's it my was
1: my whole life though. So it's yeah, I know it's like yeah. it's a city to <laughs> us.
0: Um, but yeah, that's so you grew you grew up in this sort of small town city thing. Let's let's go town slash stroke city. Yeah, uh.
1: it is called the city of Oldbury So really, yeah, but that's uh. what they put on the bins. I don't know, I don't know why that memory is coming back to me. Um, <laughs> I think maybe it's something first ever really saw it written down. You know, yeah. Um, anyway, theatre was your that was the access you had to to arts and performing and acting. It's not like yeah. there was a huge film scene there, and you never. Drove past Films sets that. or... Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: And then, like, did how old were you when you left? 18. And then you just, like, was it a decision to move to Sydney and...
1: Uh, I moved to LA when I was 18. Wow. Yeah. So you did the
0: LA trip first.
1: I did, yeah.
0: How was, like, how did that even... Was that just a gamble or did you meet someone who, like, recommended it to you?
1: Well, when I was a little child... A small child a like... young child if you will <laughs> um, a toddler of some sort uh i had a a family friend/ slash nanny babysitter thing anyway she moved yeah. to la when i was maybe 6 or 7 yeah and as a good family friend sort of stayed in in contact and then when i was finishing high school she was like come visit and uh, me who does absolutely nothing halfway apparently was like, well, if I'm gonna visit, I'll, I'll move and I'll go for a long time and I'll study and so uh-huh. yeah. I didn't. There was nowhere I specifically wanted to be. I didn't want to live in LA or Sydney or yeah, anything. Yeah. I just didn't want to be in Aubrey anymore.
0: That's yeah. That's fair.
1: Yeah. So I was like, I oh, you know what? Across the world, we'll do. Um, <laughs> so yeah, went there. Uh, went to an acting school there, where ironically I studied theater more wow. um but yeah i worked or i am um, interned you know what's that what's that free thing they do in america what's that free um, work they do workplace uh yeah volunteer is it, is it interning is that yeah, the american so. word yeah uh at a pr company um who did a lot of like celebrities oh like i really don't want to use the word b grade because it's quite rude but um like or junior, but right, there were a lot of Disney mean. kids at the time, and there were a couple of like the bigger names, and yeah, but, yeah. So uh, I'd,
0: you know. I'd say that they're only categorized as the B listers because <laughs> it's just it's a very bad term. It is, isn't yeah. it? I didn't actually realize that until I was like um, watching films, and I realized how many mm-hmm. people credit actors as A listers and B listers. So I'm like, they're all actors. Yeah, they're all just working like. Mm. Just ones happen to get into roles that continue long-term than others who get a short stint at something, then take a yeah. break and then come to another. Um, but I think also like a lot of actors nowadays in LA, particularly Disney Plus has done the, the rejuvenation of a lot of child actors and adult actors coming back to roles like 20 years later and That's having true. another chance to do something that they did and come out of mm. retirement, which is really nice. Yeah, um, But yeah, so um, so you did that. You worked in this PR. Like, PR, yeah. yeah. Public rep, yeah. Yeah, mm. public relations or public rep. Yeah. Is it
1: public rep? I th- I thought it was then and then in Australia they call it. It was...
0: was representation or relations. It was the representation, yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: That was the... I think my job... Somehow this was the intern job. I thought it was really cool at the time. I was like, oh, this is the job no one wants. I was like, walk... <laughs> down the red carpet in front yeah. of them and like get the press to talk to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, or the press that you want to talk to them to talk to them so you'd have like a list. And That's cool. Yeah, I thought it was cool too. I was like, how is this the less desirable job? <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't sure if I could say shit kicker on here. <laughs> you can, so, you can, yeah. you can. You can absolutely <laughs>
0: swear on this broadcast. It's very fine. Okay, great. Um, but yeah, like.
1: But yeah, I was like, how is that the shit kicker job? That's cool. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, like, I, I, I there's so many jobs. That I'm like, that sounds great. That actually does sound like a fun job. Yeah, like it's very interesting and insightful.
1: It is. I think it was the 15-hour days that got people. <laughs> um, wow. Okay.
0: Yeah. yeah. That's a that's a fair chunk of your day.
1: It is, but uh, you know, I feel like I I do that anyway. So I get very I get very obsessed with work.
0: You no, are a workaholic.
1: I am. Well, I but I also like all the jobs. I'm not a workaholic when I'm doing jobs that I hate.
0: No, it's interesting. You're <laughs> you're very passionate about certain stuff, and and I've seen you passionate about some stuff, and you get very into it. And when you're not passionate about something, you're like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's very obvious. Like there's a shift in your eyes, and you're and you're <laughs> <painting. glaze>. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the glaze look, and you're like, yeah, whatever.
1: Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> no,
0: it's not. But <laughs> I've, s- I've definitely, we've had um, conversations about project ideas, and I have definitely don't always like you're very, I think the thing I love about you is you're very upfront about uh, what yeah. you like and what you don't like.
1: And I'm not like, oh, tell me more if people tell me something. I'm like, yeah. oh, so does that sound good to you? I'm like, no. Yeah, I know. Sorry. <laughs> well, I don't actually don't usually drop the sorry in there. I'm just, oh, sorry. I thought there was a yes or no question. Does that sound good to you? No. But I'm sure other people will love it, yeah, you
0: know <laughs> yeah it's it's like a project's not for everyone, um but you know that's that's a that's a good trait to have because if you don't say no to things or you don't have that ability to be like, yeah, I don't like it, then it's you get sucked into projects you, you never want to do,
1: and that was a learnt skill, also, yeah, saying no to projects, and I think especially as young actors, we sort of do so many things. Because we think we need to be doing something.
0: Yeah. I I I think I think it's also just an age, like it's an age thing as well as experience and also as well it's personality as well because like you know you can be a people pleaser and everything, Mm -hmm. like you can want to constantly please people, but sometimes like you just run out of steam. One, you you know you got to look after yourself, and two, the other side of the coin is. Not every project is going to be fun. Like yeah. it's just straight up. Um, and I want to say this in the nicest possible way. Um, when I work on projects, I want them to be well thought out. I don't mm-hmm. like half-assed thought out projects. Like I, I love a script. Like if the script's good, but the execution of that script isn't, I suddenly lose a lot of interest yeah. because it has to, it has to match the input that was put into the script as the output. And I always notice that on set to how people operate and what kind of set environment that someone gives. So I've ever walked onto a set and I'm going, these people really love the project and they've thought about everything. Love it. We'll have a lot of time in the world for them. People go, it's just everything goes and you have no thought into it. I'm like, yeah, I can't be bothered helping you at all. Like you've got to ask the, And that sounds brutal, but it also just comes down to how much attention and time am I going to give to something? Yeah. But uh,
1: I, I also find it really interesting sort of coming out more now is how much it was never expected to be a good environment. Yeah. People. Um. And people people are in this industry because they love doing what they do, whatever yeah. skill that is for them, whether they're in lighting or sound or acting or yeah. anything, they're there because... This is what they want to do with their time and they love it, and it's so competitive. And there are so many people who want to do it that they will just deal with crappy work conditions and you know, like sets that don't feel good or aren't yeah. like well run just because they're they feel like they should be lucky to be there, or or they or other people feel like they should be lucky to be there,
0: yeah. You
1: know? Um, but yeah, I think it would be nice to see a turn in the industry where people made, made. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just,
0: I think it's also, it's the shift in respect. It's a shift, you know, like I want to say the biggest movement I've noticed, especially just on how I think people used to approach work and now how they approach work is very different, like, there's none of this... I, I suddenly just... It's all about language for me. Like, if someone uses bad language to communicate, I suddenly just go, yeah, whatever. Don't, you know... If you want to be like, fuck, this is too hard, or... Like, on a personal note, yeah, absolutely get the frustration. But in professional emails, never write that. Like, this, this is just my all to just use correct language. I'm very fickle about that now, because... Um, sorry, not fickle. Um, like, oh, what's the word? Fanatical. Yes. <laughs> um, about that now because it's just important to me. And every time I just sort of read something, I want to, um, you know, and that might sound like a you know a very brutal thing, but I just I want people to do the best they can and really communicate clearly of what they want and go in with a clear vision. And I think a lot of the time, like, granted, not everyone, you know, what your vision going into a project versus what comes out of it is going to change because obviously, like, things happen upon the process Mm -hmm. and it will eventually evolve. But I think it's just about how you approach people, how you approach, you know, when a problem comes up and instead of going, fuck me or, you know, fuck what the fuck is wrong with this, fuck, 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 and just going, okay, there's a problem. What can I do to find a solution? Because that is your job. Like essentially is to always find solutions to things or, you know, like, and it's frustrating, but you can't blame the other person for flagging something with you. You cannot just be like, "Hmm, they've flagged it for a reason. And I find, yeah. And this, and this industry, like I've said it time and time again, it is very one-sided. It is very greedy. Sometimes, and it's very easy to, to quickly judge. And I will argue everyone has a bad day. Everyone, absolutely. Well, you know, I've been on set where I've been crabby and stuff and, like, mm. I haven't had enough sleep or I've been to work and, you know, whatever. Mm. But it doesn't make – I think the difference is people, you know, realize when you've had a bad day and who you've worked with know who you are versus people who've just met you and they go, yeah, no, they're fucking wasting my time, you know never going to work with them again because they were so rude. Yeah. Like, you've got to really understand that everyone in this industry is so quick to judge or make assumptions or, you know, stipulate um, ideas about each other that suddenly mm-hmm. it's very, like, he said, she said, uh, like, word environment? Which is, you know, like, it's very interesting. I don't know what your thoughts on, like, the he said, she said environment of this industry.
1: Oh, <laughs>
0: Did I open a can of worms right there?
1: No, it's just, it's almost, when that's your, all you have to go on, it's, it, I, sometimes I feel like, why bother? Like, who yeah. cares. And sometimes I'm like, well, no, we can't perpetuate that kind of environment. Yeah. Um, But sometimes it's like, where do you even start? Yeah. Uh, I think... I think that happens more on on sets that aren't organized and people don't know what they're doing because when everyone knows exactly what role they should be doing and are doing it, then when things fall through the gaps, you know where it should have been covered. Yeah. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It doesn't come to that point where, well, I don't want to flag that with him because he's going to yell at me and swear at me, so I won't. And then you don't, and then, oh, well, it didn't get done because they didn't flag it with me. Yeah. You know, and that's when sort of that back and forth of, well, it's your fault. Well, no, it was her fault. And then, well, yeah. they told me not to not to worry about it, so I didn't come to you thing. Yeah. I think, realistically, the, the projects in the art world need to be massive group projects. Like it's basically what it is. It's all collaboration and cooperation. Mm. Uh, so to pretend that one job is, is more important than another or needs to you know more time or attention um that's when it starts to fall apart cuz it yeah. does if you if you spend all your time with your sound guys and don't worry about your lighting what's the point yeah you're going to have a really really good sounding film you can't see <laughs> you know
0: <laughs> it's it's so true and i feel like granted you know and and i feel like it, it, it it's like i know some things like some projects that are just kind of going, oh, okay, I know the general gist of the shots. Like, I know the you know, but the one thing I quite don't understand is when people don't know the motivation behind visuals and the motivation behind sound. And, um, and that comes from like levels of experience and everything. But I think it also comes from a level of un- understanding ambition and understanding your own capabilities and not saying like, you know, I know my level of experience goes to a certain point and everything I can imagine is like far in advance of that. But, you know, it's something to achieve and something to learn how to get there. But, you know, in some people, it's just trial and error, like practice, practice makes perfect. If you're going to, you know, learn how to shoot a scene, go and, you know, grab a friend and just shoot something back and forth and then edit it together. It's the easiest way to learn. And a lot of the time, like if you watch old films or something and you just go, they weren't that great, like they're kind of flimsy. Um, but, you know, there, there are some things like obviously we've reflected on stuff that um, we shot um, that was released last year mm-hmm. um, and that was shot back in 2017, which, you know, feels like eons ago. It and, uh, you know, but the thing I thought about that was, one, the sound designer, Todd, did an amazing job um and shannon who did the vfx did great as well um for the two like big vfx shots but it was sort of like one of those things where i remember on the day it was like oh okay this should be very straightforward and then it wasn't when it got to post and it was like this is a this is entirely what i knew but I didn't have the skill sets to take it further. This is why it sat on a hard drive for three years and just like took me so long to do. But I'm I'm pleased that it came out and I'm pleased that people can watch it because like got something like 19,000 views or something like this. Oh
1: wow! It's
0: it's you know or 25,000. It's growing. Like it just people love
1: it. There's a lot of very green acting on my part. <laughs> for that many eyes. <laughs>
0: but I mean, like look, I I find it funny as well because you know. It feels like such a very basic shoot. Like it was a very basic in concept. You know, you've got a split screen. You've got, you know, an essential um, two shots. A couple of times you have to redo. And then when you look at it and you go, everyone's like, oh, that's really complicated. In your head, it doesn't sound that complicated. When you do it, it becomes complicated. And then the mm-hmm. post work is complicated. So it's like you've got this sort of structure. Where you sort of, as much as you think out, you're still realizing that the post work is going to be the most complicated, unfortunately, because there's just so much to go back and forth on, Mm. which is not to say it needs, you know, like it's more important. It is just very complicated because it requires this pre-thought as well to get Mm -hmm. to the post-thought. And that's what, you know, like it's the stages. Everyone needs to think about everything, as you say, like, you know, make sure you have good visuals and then good sound and then, you know, like all that. And I think... Yes, it did have good visuals, it did have good VFX and it did have good sound and that's mm. what makes it work. But interestingly, there's other scenes where I didn't, you know, that I filmed when I was younger that I didn't put that much thought into mm. and they suffered because of it. Like they clearly don't, like there was another one I think came out and I just didn't like the visuals because um, I didn't gel with the person who I was doing a DAPing with and I will literally look at it and just go, I don't love it. I can tell people don't love it as much, yeah. And that is interesting to me because you've got to love everything and you've got to have a sort of a, you know, a voice in it. Um, but yeah, visuals are very important. They're like as important as sound. Um, but you know, like obviously, sound is hugely, hugely. <laughs> everyone's like, sound is more important, but I'm like, I disagree. I think they're both visually important and um and sounds very important. So they go together because then you can watch something and be like. Well, that was great.
1: Wait, there are people that don't think the visual is important when you make. Oh, okay, a film. you know that theory. Maybe if you're making a radio play, sure. Yeah, I know. But... But you know that
0: theory is like someone will watch something on YouTube mm. that has great sound, but it can have shit visuals, mm. and they'll stay on it for longer. It's the same. I didn't. Um, know that. Yeah, there's a theory behind it. Whereas if you have shit sound, and you know good visuals, everyone's going to tune out because they're like, oh, I can't make, I I can't hear what the fuck they're saying. So.
1: That's true. Yeah. That's
0: true. So it's like, you know, what's the point? Mm. Like you've gotta but I believe you also need both. Like you really you need mm. to marry those worlds because it is important to make something work. But it's also, you know, it is laborious. Filmmaking yeah. is a tiresome thing. I think that <laughs> day that day was twelve hours for me. You I think you left by like two PM or something that day. One or two. Um and we were shooting till like five thirty. And the sun went
1: down um,
0: mm-hmm. in the middle of winter. But I remember like...
1: Outside as well. There was a, what was that, a train line right behind us.
0: Yeah, there was a train yeah. line, <laughs> which you wouldn't realize when you watch it. But um, there was a train line and there was... Uh, you know, one thing I will tell my younger self is have more confidence in directing. Like your actors. That's one thing that I look at it and I go, if I had more confidence... I would have done things differently. Like, I would have given you more notes. I would have, mm. you know, told you more things. It was a lack of confidence um, to, you know, just trust your fellow coworkers. But But it, it's interesting that I took that note away and just goes, I really kind of needed to give you, you know, you and other people just, like, more attention because I felt like I was giving, you know, like all the behind the scenes also just as much um, more attention. And it was just kind of like this thing that I think I could have got more out of everyone had I didn't a little bit more. But it was fun for what it is, and it's fine for what it is. But it's that's always, like, a learning curve to be like, you know, this is how far, you, you know, what can you push yourself? Like, would you... Would you agree, though, that were you confident back then? Were you, did you feel like you were very, like, n- you know, more aware of what you were doing or is it was you very nervous and new to oh, it? Oh,
1: yeah. I didn't really <laughs> feel like I knew much of what I was doing. Because uh, I remember being like, can you, like, what, what what do you want me to do different? Anything? Everything? And you're like, no, you guys are fine. <laughs> um,
0: I know. Worth directing. and <laughs> yeah,
1: I was like, are you sure? Because I don't feel but and then i'm like or well, maybe i'm just being you know like nervous but i hadn't really you know i was still pretty fresh off like a theater background which yeah. is i'm yeah i was still getting used to like even the way you move on camera has to be different yeah. but um yeah it, the, on the flip side though the other y- you have to know when not to be involved as well yeah um which is really difficult i found that in in uh, this project that we did in May, I was to the point where I was like, I really want to fix this, but it's actually not my, not not that it wasn't my job. I was like, I, I would be micromanaging if I yeah. if I got in there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, because we we essentially on the night because we were acting and we handed it over to another to another director, because um, I never ever ever want to self direct. Um,
0: Interesting.
1: Yeah, uh, zero interest in that. Um, uh, and but then because there were five actors, so, mm. and there was we were always a two, the two of us in the scene basically, and then one they yeah, sort yeah. of come in one at a time. When it came to their scenes, I kind of was like, "Oh, great, I'll get back in and, and can direct there." And then I was like, "I can't. Like, mm. I need to give the director all of all of that directing mm. power, like." Yeah, I can't. I can't have it both ways.
0: Interesting. Yeah, like mm. I agree with that. I would never, if I were to do acting, I wouldn't want to self direct.
1: No, <laughs> no.
0: I mean, like, how how far along is it edited now? Mm. Like, do you know how far into the edit it is? Uh, I don't. Oh,
1: yeah. It's also. I I started watching someone pulling some together and was like, yeah, I like these shots. And then was like. I don't even want to (laughs) self-reflect, let alone self-direct. I was like, I don't want to watch it, really. Not that I want to watch the final product, but I was like, I can't tell you which one is the best because I'm going to pick the one that I like the best of me because... Isn't that interesting? Yeah.
0: Um, Because the take, yeah, there's, you know, from an editing perspective, the takes are so, like, different to what people like. And, um, you know, the, this is the relation that a director will have with their editor um, of what takes they like and go off the takes that the director likes and then sort of cherry pick the best ones out of that. Mm. Um, and then the director might be like, oh, I didn't like that take. And it's like, but it works better for the scene than, you know, I thought or right. vice versa. They might be like, oh, you know, I didn't like that take. And can you swap it out for another one? And you do. And sometimes, like, this is the thing I've learned as an editor. Directors don't always have an understanding of editing. Like they don't have a broad understanding of how editing works. Mm. And so they will look at a take and then you'll point out that it's not works continuity wise or some sort of thing. And they go, Oh, Oh, you were fine before. So do what you do before. So you kind of like, I've learned you always have to show them every option because they just, they get it into their heads that they think it's going to work and then you show them and it doesn't. So you've got to really just show them all the options because then it kind of solidifies ideas in their head. And
1: So you have to do your already arduous and time-consuming job three times. Yeah. Even then... though you know they're going to pick the one that... Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> okay, cool. Because it's justifying
0: <laughs> to people. It's so dumb. I've done it so many times. And I think... Like, I've definitely worked with people who are very happy with the edits that I've done. Um, you know, like straight off the cuff, they've been like, oh, that's good. But I've also worked with people who just, you know, absolutely have a particular, like, I think... Because the way I edit, I always use music as reference. So Mm -hmm. it's it's a great way to kind of, like, solidify a scene. And I use it as tonal reference and everything. And then when I show it to a director, they're like, oh. Oh, yeah, that wasn't what I was thinking. But that works. And, like... I've seen scripts go from comedy scripts to drama scripts like through the work of performance and tone and the output and like you watch it and you just go, oh, yeah, this is a drama. This wasn't a comedy.
1: Oh, it's like my biggest fear. Yeah. Like, yeah, writing a comedy and people being like, oh, that was really dramatic, you know? Yeah. Um, (laughs) I think,
0: though, you should always write as drama like comedy comes out of drama yeah it does like you it's the lightheartedness in a situation that's dire yeah and um i think that people who write laughs or jokes or try and you know like understand because you know the performance shows what what the character's doing, what you wrote on the script and what actually happens are two different things. And, um, you know, and I think it comes down to what kind of style you want to do. If you shot something dramatically, but you wanted it farcical, that's yeah. not going to work. No, you've, no. You, you've, you've mm-hmm. solidified yourself into a drama because mm-hmm. of the way you shot it. So, um, yeah, there's always that kind of d- dynamic of how you shoot stuff, how you think about stuff. The pacing, people forget to leave silence between stuff, like the the response time. Yeah. Because, like, on the day, you might be like, blah, 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 next line, blah, 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 next line. But, you know, it's good to have silence when no one says anything and that just that long pause and everyone goes, oh, yeah. Yeah. That's a ponderous thought, you know, like they've made a good statement. Mm. Um, and then the use of crescendo music and, you know, all those other things that you kind of watch it and you go, Oh yeah, that's actually like it solidifies a lot in my head of what's actually happening. Um, but you do forget it, like you know, as a viewer, you forget automatically that this stuff is happening. But as a you know, a director, I th- I've known directors who don't like music being used in some films. Oh wow! Oh, yeah, and I know other directors who like absolutely like. I'm a director who loves music. Mm. um and i'll always be like oh that needs a little bit of music now that needs a little bit here like it needs to change tone so the way it tonally changes and just yeah all these things that it just kind of like goes and and changes everything it's just important to me
1: yeah no it is definitely i've definitely thought about that in writing sometimes like not not actively but every now and then i'll be writing a part and i'll be like this needs to be silent in the background you know like yeah nothing but um, I think I probably worry about people thinking it is drama because I do, like you've, I think I've like, like we've seen a couple of scripts, yeah, um, and they're not. I mean, I th- I think they're comedies, but like a lot of people are like, "This is a comedy, right?" And I'm like, "Well, yeah, technically." Um, just ignore the fact that uh, all of the characters are, uh, deeply dissatisfied with their own lives and nothing <laughs> fun is happening. But yeah,
0: <laughs> I think it's like I I I. I think that the, this is the trial of, you know, don't tell people it's a comedy and see what they think because that is the funnest test to ever say. And, I, like, I loved the script um, uh, from the drafts that I read. I thought it was great. But it was one of those things that I was like, I know it's a comedy. I know how you write. I know <laughs> I know I your, <laughs> how you talk and, your you know, your nature of talking. We, it was interesting as well because, like, I think you had mentioned this to, script to me, like, a few times. Even, even reading it and um yeah it's very quick it's very fast natured but i do like that about it but i also like the other characters and it just kind of like yeah they're all dissatisfied they're all kind of like going through their own shit hmm. but it does work because it does feel in a way organic it doesn't feel like it you know but you could also understand why people would mistake it for a drama because of what they're talking about right yeah because the context of the you know their conversation. And I think that makes it a comedy drama rather than a, just a straight up comedy. Oh yeah, um, yeah. You know, because like this weird self-reflection um, of life is, is that story. And, um, and, and, you know, these two people's relationship and, you know, the, obviously the relationship with the people who run at the restaurant and stuff like that, it's just kind of all this, you know, different stuff. Yeah. I mean, also, I must ask, what was the reason behind writing that story?
1: That particular story, yeah. specifically? Um, <laughs> there, there really wasn't <laughs> one. Uh, I think by the time we shot, we were at drafts or well, like high teens, I think. It, mm. There were a lot um, and it was not the same story that we started with. Uh, it was the same setting. That we kept the yeah. same setting. Um, and so, Kitty, my good friend at the time, well, not at the time, she's Kitty's dead a good now.
0: Friend.
1: <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't say that. Um, uh, uh, it was like, oh, we, we'd we sort of been doing bits and pieces that yeah. hadn't really been. We well, were like, oh, we should both like actually do something and get in front of the camera. It was meant to be a quick thing we sort of slapped together because yeah. um, we were like, oh, we haven't filmed in a bit. Let's write something up really quickly and, and film it oh, yeah. uh, and then what like a year and a half, two years later we filmed it because we sat down and we're like well what do we write about Um, we're like should we just write like a showreel scene something you know, yeah. you know for us. it actually we'd filmed a scene we'd filmed showreels uh, a couple of months before that and they were pretty good like there were other people's writing but it, they were fun it was a good day all the footage was lost oh <gasps> Um, so I was like, well, I guess like we still need a new one. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we're like, yeah, well, let's get that together anyway. So then we sat down and the concept of we're like, well, there's two of us. So I yeah. guess we're going to write a two-hander, which is what we'd sat down to write originally. Um, Kitty was actually working in the restaurant we filmed in. Yes. And she was like, oh, I saw this kind of funny thing happen the other night. And then with like two people, uh, at the table, and then we sort of expanded it from there and changed it and added in um, characters until we got to the five we were at. And...
0: Yeah. No, I just, I just like loved the idea as a two hander mm. with sort of additional characters sort of reflecting on this conversation and also what was going on in their own lives. And yeah, it was just a very natural how you would deal in hospital or how you would deal in like theater environments. So, like it was just that very much front of house. Oh god, what are they talking about? Oh god, you know, like yeah. real big reflection. Um, yeah, I really liked it. But but my involvement was so my involvement involved my production company. Yeah, Booth Street Pictures mm-hmm. actually kind of helping you with the location because mm. you guys didn't have at all someone like like a production house or like a production yeah. company to back you. No. Um, was that a? I like, I remember like Kitty on the phone just going, "Is it okay that we like I had gotten calls from you and Kitty that week going, "Is it okay, we use your like product and I was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Just you know, don't do anything dumb like that goes on the mm. record that you've fucked something
1: up." we actually sent set the whole place on fire. I know, um, <laughs> yeah, I got the <laughs> bill for it. Yeah. Uh, that didn't happen. but
0: <laughs> I think it was. Like, it was very surreal because I couldn't, obviously, like, I was working that day and I I had been invited to, like, you oh, both yeah. wanted me there, but I just obviously couldn't make it because I was working. And there was this, <laughs> there was this really nice messages from you both just saying, thank you. <laughs> like, you're the world. And I was just like, oh, no worries. Like, um but I mean, like, d- did the place even ask? They asked originally if you had a production company or something, didn't they?
1: No, they asked about three days before we filmed there. Oh, yes. Yeah.
0: And then there, you slapped my name across. Is my company going to be in the credits?
1: I do believe so. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Another credit um, to the company. Uh, maybe watch the final cut before you. No, I, I,
0: I will judge it harshly. Um, I didn't invest a dollar in it. Um, but no, I'm excited. Yeah, to I act- still might hit you up for color grading. Don't get. Too oh, exciting. I love yeah. color grading. <laughs> I, I like. I, okay, I won't get too excited. Um, no. What was it shot on? Mm. Then. A
1: camera, actually. You know <laughs>
0: You don't know which one, do you? Uh
1: no, but it, it was one. There was one there. Can I just love <laughs> the, the
0: vagueness of your it's like so it worked?
1: Yes, well, yeah. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh yeah. What was I gonna say? <laughs> <laughs>
0: So, so so basically, you shot it.
1: A... I think we finished at um, two a.m. It was yeah. I was, I was so sick the next day as well. It was freezing cold by the time we finished, and um, because mm-hmm. I got there at ten in the morning. Yeah, and because we had one night to shoot it, basically. Um. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was a very quick turnaround. Yeah, I thought you'd have like two days, but no, you had one night.
1: We did. Oh, I think because it was um, filmed on, like, at sunset. Yeah. Outside. Yeah. Um, and we just didn't want to a push the boundaries with the venue and b. We we didn't. We were doing continuity, which I also can't do for myself. Um. Right. So you didn't
0: actually have a conti on set. You had to sort of like. Mm -hmm think about that no we
1: we did we did yes and no so um nay my friend slash boss in another job was there and helped out and she was amazing yeah um yeah that was really really good for for the night but otherwise i i wouldn't have wanted to be resetting those shots on a separate day yeah um especially not with the the background it was on there were a lot of things we couldn't control with that there were boats and other restaurants, and water. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. You you basically visually gave yourself an obstacle. Yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we're like, we're going to do this in one day. Um, but, no, we did talk about filming the the back of house scene somewhere else, but then we put where they were going to be in line of our uh,
0: table. Yeah. So that makes it a bit challenging. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, which we wanted visually anyway for a lot of shots. Yeah, I was exhausted, and I wasn't. I was enjoying it, but it was there was a lot of stress as well. But oh, catering was amazing though. It was really good, and um, everyone was really great. We had a lot of extras there that were really helpful and.
0: Yeah, isn't it great when extras just love to help? Yeah, like they're the best thing in the world, and like, yeah, I've I've I think the best ever. Um, I saw one of my friend's backyards actually turn into a restaurant as well. And nice. they're great re- extras as well. Yeah. It was just all, you know, turn a scene, quickly get three tables out, and you're suddenly a restaurant with light, fairy lights. And it does look like a restaurant in the inner west.
1: Yeah, it does, doesn't yeah. it? It's, a, it's
0: kind of amazing what you can just flip on nice his head and make it work. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I love the idea of it being near the water and just, you
1: know. Yes, well, um, it was beautiful, ambitious, and beautiful. Um, Best of both worlds, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> but no, I'm I'm very excited. Like I I've sort of been um, the one thing I love is both, um, you know, working alongside you is the amount of opportunities that I've also had just by knowing you is like quite fun because you're always like, "Go, oh, you like this idea? What, do you want to direct it?" Or like you've trusted me with stuff. Oh like, yeah. Um, but I think as a creative and as a friend, it does kind of just make you go huh you know like you're capable of doing stuff because you i think the thing is self-reflection and it's kind of interesting when you just you reflect so constantly on things that you don't realize you're actually really good at and you think oh i'm very average at this and everyone's like Mm. no you're good just make it you know like make it work make it do it um but it's sort of very yeah it's very interesting when people just go yeah i want you to do this and you just do it and you go that's great. Um,
1: yeah, that imposter syndrome is yeah. is big, and I kind of assume that I'm average at everything. Like, um, like not. Sorry, don't no, Let me rephrase that. I kind of assume that I am a jack of all trades and master of none kind yeah. of thing, because I'm always doing a lot of things, and I and and like across all my jobs, not even in the acting world, I will do it well. Yeah, but I'm always doing so many different things that I do them well, and I'm not. I'd I'd never consider that would be incredible at any of them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, it's like, um, I'm absolutely the same. Like Mm. my style of, um, like I'm co-writing something at the moment um, with a friend and like my entire style of process of thinking of stories is very jigsaw pieced, like, Mm. but it's very funny because everything I've written, um, and I've recently discovered this, I really like to get, people to read the lines and do audio recordings of it so I know what works and what doesn't
1: right and how it
0: flows because if something sounds shit I'll know it straight away because of how someone's delivered it or it like it sounds clunky or something's not needed to be said and then suddenly you hear it um and I think that's great reflection but yeah a lot of the time also just like my style of directing and and writing in particular like they're quite different but I do have a very distinct like Um, love for um, uh, films like Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, like, and um, uh, Robert Eggers, like, um, you know, The Lighthouse and the Witch, like his style of um, use of the world building. I love stories that build worlds. I love um, ideas that build worlds. And I think it also comes down to just like my love of um, good storytelling. And I always get more Mm -hmm. attracted to stories that have a purpose and have, a visually interesting narrative and um you know like have a very in depth human condition mm. um aspect to it in a surreal setting like it, it you know like sci-fi or horror or anything like that it in a surreal setting or in a in and you know like um one of the scripts which we we did a table read for and uh, wasn't shot in the end um was the one of the girls moving do um, you remember the scene I'm talking about? No, is
1: that, yeah, that's yeah. the one that yeah, got, yeah, yeah. pulled out into a season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like that was
0: that was meant to be a short. It, it was, was meant to be, yeah. it was meant to be a one short, and I love that script. It's a great script. Mm. Um,
1: that's why I won't let it go. I feel like, I know, with the I know. It's and... it's so fun. Yeah.
0: Um, it's one of my favorite stories, and I think yeah it had this real farcical nature, and a lot of costume changes, and a lot mm. of kind of like logistics elements of it. But I think the one thing that everyone loved about, it, and we, we were sitting around uh, initially at the first table read a few years back, was this nature that everyone was on the same page about how it would look. Mm. It would be this like three shot, you know, um, and then side on shots. And then every time a person comes over to the table and grabs something and a costume change would happen, it would be halfway through a conversation. And it just like, it was always constantly flowing. Like mm. the the movement was so important, and it was like a stage play, in a, in a, a lot of ways. It was, yeah. Um, and I remember the one technical note that I think uh, our sound recordist at the time, before he flew off to LA, Todd. Oh, bye, Todd. I love you, Todd. <laughs> um, he said that it was going to be quite challenging in terms of sound because when the costume changes occurred, he was like, "That's the only thing that you'd need to take the lapel off, probably ADR it." get them to do that line later or something. And then, you know, just there was a little bit of technical note to it of mm-hmm. just being like, this will work, this won't work on the day. You'll need to do this later. And he was very on top of all that. He was just flagging little notes yeah. as he went along. And I think, you know, he's he's also a credit to someone who I just absolutely adore and always ask him questions about how to do stuff um, in terms of his own level of experience. But I've learned alongside him, like, he's been, you know, um, we've sort of learned out each other of what not to do on set and what to do on set. And a lot of the time, like, I think with, with any question and any difficult question about sound or about locations, the people have been great. Like everyone I've ever yeah. worked with has been flawlessly fantastic. They just know, um, you know, what to do and, and how to represent color and, you know, represent everything. And I think Yeah, as the director also now, I love color palettes. I absolutely Mm -hmm. adore color (laughs) palettes, and I always imagine that scene shot in autumn because of just the color palette. Yeah, Yeah. Um, you know, and I and I still want to shoot it. I still want to. We still want to shoot it. I want to make it. I can't wait to actually shoot that whenever we shoot it. And also, the characters were sort of ageless. They weren't. They didn't have a specific age Mm. they needed to be, so they still could have been in their thirties.
1: You can be um, hopeless and apathetic at any point in yeah, life no. if you really put your mind to it. Yeah. I just love
0: these three characters who yeah. were just very unusual. <laughs> and if you met them, I don't think you'd want to be friends with
1: them. Oh yeah, well none of them were based on me. <laughs> <Fine>. <laughs> okay. All of them were
0: based on you. Were they? A- who were they actually based on?
1: Um, the two of us and and our third roommate.
0: Oh, your actual third roommate.
1: Well, no, because we weren't living together, but but Ariella's roommate at the time. Yes, I do um, remember. Yeah, and and the two of us, but then because
0: they became something more.
1: They did. They got extrapolated out a lot, yeah. and they got
0: like they were all their. Um, and... when I say, you know, when I obviously say that, that is all their negative traits <laughs> extrapolated into one scene. It was yeah. like a lot of it was just them going whining about things that you just the most average punter would be like. <laughs> you guys have yeah. problems like but it was very like which character were you based on Chase Oh yes no that makes sense yeah 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 yeah
1: <laughs> Yeah yeah but um no they 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 did become their own their own people but yeah we definitely started there Um I do have a a habit of putting down conversations I have almost verbatim in scripts um but yeah that's fine
0: i mean that's great it means mm. that um i think it was also just their conversation shifts every time like, oh yeah yeah that was kind of like yeah. um the
1: speed was really important to us but yeah. um it has it has developed a lot since oh okay um i read this draft
0: like three years ago so it has been cool. a while since i've seen a new draft
1: yeah i mean ariel is an incredible writer yeah um and at the time had I'd just come off the back of doing a two handed theatre mm. piece for her, which I thought was amazing. I we want to take that to Edinburgh actually, um, before COVID. But I, I would jump back right right back into that role. Yeah. At any given point. It was great. Um, but yeah, we did come straight off of theatre and then wrote something for film and so it has become a lot more adapted for film. Yeah. Now that he- same script
0: yeah it was interesting because I read it very much as a theater piece mm. originally. and well it was written like yeah well. no yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it just comes down to I've read Ariella's writing. she's amazing. yeah, um, and, and I always kind of like the one thing I love about her writing is just how characters react off each other and how natural and organic it sounds, like it doesn't mm. sound like anything is forced. Um, yeah, it's very Charlie Kaufman. In some ways, like, um, yeah, in, it reminds me of Charlie Kaufman's, like, uh, probably not his latest film. That one, have you watched his latest? I um, haven't. it's kind of a hard watch, it's mm-hmm. very self reflective, um, in terms of just it's a bad, it's based on a book, but um, the film itself is just very kind of like, uh, like, half of the film is in a car and a two hander, and I think just the conversation that you ha- they have, it's very hard to watch, kind of like it's interesting, but it's just a very hard um watch in terms of like where they're going, what's their story, and what's actually going on um but yeah like I always think of like um you know just her writing is these very you know broad characters coming together, and then the subtle language they use simplifying to simplify their relationship. Yeah. And how they interact with each other and their choice of language and how they change. Um, and I just, I love that. And everything that she has ever written that I've read, I'm just like, this is great. Yes. Yeah. It's flawless. No, me too. Um, Yeah. And she- yeah,
1: She's actually the first person I ever wrote with, with like mm. us both writing at the same time. Um, And I was like, I think we don't have dissimilar voices. So it was quite easy to just sort of meld them in together. Yeah. And then when I started writing with other people, I was like, "Oh, why aren't they just melting in together?" Yeah. Um, and I was like, "Oh, that's." I thought that's just what happened because it was the first experience I'd ever had, and it just. Yeah. It. Like I've done scripts before where you read it and you can see the writing has changed. Like you can see that it was someone else. Yeah. You know that changed, and I was like, and she just she just builds a world that is so normal and, and, well, normal's probably a, a <laughs> bit of a cry, but um, it's so natural and easy yeah. that you can't not just fall straight in there.
0: Yeah. um, Yeah, the you you can't and, like, I'd love to, you know, hear her write more things and, and see more things that she, she has written because it's just, like, yeah, her nature in, in terms of structure. Mm. And just, you know, you can always see these characters going long term like they're never kind of just a one off characters, like you can see them having lives, and
1: yeah, um,
0: and I think I've read a lot of scripts over the years, and yeah, there's some people who really get characters, and she is one of them, like she really gets people's motivations their their intricacies and everything, um like with your writing as well it you both kind of just get where characters people are going, what they're saying, what the purpose and soul purpose is, and I've definitely read stories where it's like I know. Someone has thought more about the story than the, like the characters, and mm-hmm. the characters just say what you know you would say in the moment if you were just kind of there. Uh, yeah. But that you don't see their, where they're going afterwards. It's just kind of like, yep, that that was nice, that was fun, that was filler. Like right, you, you yeah. get more of a sense of world building from you guys. Like, well, uh,
1: I've never felt I was very good at story at all. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you ask me, how did we come to that story? For my most recent project, I always feel like stories are kind of what happens after I've put characters in the yeah. world because I never really know where I'm going with story um, until I know who my characters are and then I'm like, oh, okay.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's like I always, in terms of structure, when I write original ideas, always think about where they've gone from, where they're going to and what the relationship is mm. with the other person and, you know, in the room and what's going on. Um, but I also love like societal self-reflection, mm-hmm. like, um, I've, I, I notice now a lot of my scripts are very politically driven, like they're very, uh, ideology and, and society, how we view other people and then just like extrapolate that into an idea, um, is where I always stem across because I just find that thoroughly interesting to watch people just kind of. Self-reflect and work out whether or not it was good or bad or whatever their decision was, and then they go, oh, you know, and just life can be terrible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but a lot of a lot of my stories are very bleak. Well, I realised they don't have happy endings.
1: Yeah, I I feel the same.
0: Yeah, you write a lot of bleak stories.
1: Well, not intentionally, but I I don't think I really write endings.
0: <laughs> no, no. Um, the story I'm writing now with um my friend Karina, well, it's it's definitely not going to have a happy ending. It's going to have a very bleak ending and mm. it will probably end up being... Like, it's set in a room. It's in one room with two people and it's a very existential conversation mm. with the idea that it's like half an hour to midnight kind of thing. But I think, like, yeah, it's I always love those kind of bottle ideas where you've got people stuck in a room and you know, it's the whole nut out of conversation and a hard conversation and then sort of see if mm. it was actually like, you know, just... Because I, I feel like um I watch a lot of shows where they, they have bottle episodes, like they set it in one place and it's just... Yeah. It's really interesting because I think it just creates that really tight claustrophobic environment and it just goes, mm. oh, fuck. You've got to actually confront something and make it, you know... You know, have your whole world turned upside down because you've got to confront an idea. And I just love that. That's like, you know, my style of <laughs> storytelling and l- and love of writing. But I also like f- um, fanatical space adventures or fantasy and stuff like that. And I you do. do. Yeah. I love yeah. my.
1: <laughs> no, no. I love that you love that. That's great.
0: Um, I like. I I, li- I definitely like. Um, you know, just having fun you know especially with ideas.
1: Yes, I love having fun. Yeah, I know. Isn't it great? It's isn't... so good. That was <laughs> 10 out of 10 actually. I 10 really recommend 10. having fun. Yeah. Everyone out there if you've ever thought about it, go do it. Is that <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> um anyway, moving on. Mm. Um we talked a little bit about you. So you were in LA, going back to the, the whole beginning, so you were in LA. Mm. When did you move back to Australia?
1: 2012.
0: And then you've been here ever since? Yes. In Sydney?
1: Nah, I was in... <laughs> I nah, to... I moved around nah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I was in Canberra for a hot minute. A hot minute, yeah. that's where my yeah. parents were when I came back. Mm. Um, and that lasted, I think, about three months, and then I moved up to Sydney.
0: Oh, yeah, and you've been here ever since?
1: Yeah, I have. Which has been great. It has been great. I, w- I never intended to stay, um, and then I did, and I don't regret that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which has, been, which has been nice, but, you know, I've loved it. Most people, hopefully, have loved
1: it. Oh, I, hope, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but no, it's good. I mean, I, and I am here until I finish sort of studying anyway, and then, you know, I'm here for a while. Anyway. Yeah. I Are you
0: planning to like do the overseas thing go somewhere else another country?
1: Oh, I definitely like will always have a tra- travel bug and will um travel and visit and holiday, but I hopefully finish my um Auslan interpreting degree mid 2023. Okay. Um which is pretty Australia specific. That is very Australia specific, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um yeah. Uh, I also uh, would like to stay in the the art world, though. I think yeah. I would love to interpret for theatre.
0: Really? Yeah. So, like, um, comedy gigs and stuff like that? Or just, inter- you know, like, actual stage plays?
1: Oh, I don't think I I'd probably wouldn't be able to be too picky. I'd probably have to do it all, but I would love to interpret for stage plays. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: I didn't even know that was a thing you could do.
1: Yeah, there's actually a Sydney-based company. There's one in Melbourne where they, they do that. Um, I think Auslan Stage Left does it. Oh, okay. Uh, I think the Hamilton... don't know why I'm saying I think. I know the um, <laughs> Hamilton coming out is being interpreted. There's not not the whole run, but... Um,
0: some Yeah, some of it is. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, like, you'd want that as, you know... Um, I feel like also uh, Auslan uh is becoming very widely recognized, more so now. Yeah than it was in the last few years.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, the sort of COVID to thank for that even um I it's there's more understanding of it that, yeah. you know, it's it's a complete language and yeah. um it's a lot more complex than than maybe people who hadn't been exposed to it or aware of it were originally um thinking. Yeah. I guess. But yeah. But it's yeah great. I've been um been studying for 2 years now. Okay. Um it's long. Yeah. But I'm, then you have to learn an entire language and then yeah. say really important things in it, I guess, like if I'm interpreting for a for a, like a doctor's appointment or something, I don't really want to be guessing. No, um, you don't. You don't yeah. want to be
0: sitting there going. Fuck. <sighs> <laughs> um yeah, I mean like Australian something that I want to learn as well, like it's it's on my list to study it and know know it as like my second language because it's just one of those like things that if you ever meet someone who can only speak Auslan it's really useful to just know yeah like and not put them in like a position where you just go because it it should be everyone everywhere should really know and uh, sort of like a basic understanding of some languages
1: I mean that's especially like that like that's just sort of an access yeah thing you know (laughs)
0: um like one of my um one of my friends uh kid um we know is gonna be deaf and he's learning him and his wife are learning Auslan, and i you know just the fact that i'll know him for years and when he's growing up and everything i just want to be able to speak to him yeah and be like not put you know make his kid feel like everyone's just talking and not you know yeah being misunderstood and everything it just um yeah it puts you into a very delicate position but um i th- i think it's important like i think it creates um less barriers especially in australia like we are i feel like we have a problem i guess less anymore covid has been great in terms of that but um we have a problem when it used to be like in terms of acknowledging languages and their differences yes um we were just like if you come to australia you speak english now I think because of COVID, everyone's like, you come here, people will make more of an attempt to communicate through your language and our language and, you know, whatever you speak. And there's a bit more awareness than there was like, you know, and I, I probably thank movies for this now as well. A lot of movies are coming out mm, that have a lot of different characters speaking a lot of different languages, um, you know, and it's not always going to be English. And people just get used to it. They just go, Yep, oh, I'm gonna watch that in its native language and I'll have subtitles so I know what it's actually saying. Yeah. Um and that's great. Like
1: it is. Um and it's like taking the English version of something because it's easier for us doesn't doesn't give us a richer understanding of it. Like I don't know if you watch Squid Games. Yeah, I was about um, to say Squid Yeah, and the the subtitling or the captioning versus the overdubbing, the dubbing yeah. in English, they were almost always completely different sentences. Yeah. Because um, they made the words they spoke yeah. to be English.
0: Yeah, um, I really I really don't like that. And, you know, I haven't watched Squid Games yet. It mm-hmm. is on my list of things to watch. Um, I've not rushed around it because when everyone hypes a show up like this, I just get laboriously bogged down with, like, I don't want to watch it straight away and have (laughs) everyone talk to me about Squid Games. I want to watch it and just go, that was a good show. Like, I did that with Stranger Mm. Things. I watched that a year after everyone else, and I loved it. The first season's great.
1: I didn't finish the second season, I don't think.
0: You're not missing out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's sort of was what I was thinking halfway through. You know know what the sad thing? (laughs) Season
0: four teaser came out not that long ago. I did not see a single tweet, anything on Instagram, about the tra- teaser trailer dropping, no one on Facebook, nothing.
1: Wow, that really, that dropped quick, huh? Yeah, and it was All just right. like,
0: I think people stopped caring. Mm. It was one of those shows that was great in its prime, a nice little one series, spooky drama, love it. Um, it didn't really need to go on for four seasons like this. It just didn't really have that kind of arc.
1: It didn't, it had a great cast and like, I wanted to watch them, but the story, I was like, all right, all right. I'm also yeah. not amazing at, at sci-fi generally Yeah. anyway. Um...
0: I, I did think, I was saying this to my partner the other day, I think that a lot of the actors that everyone thought were really good in the first series are now having the same problems as the Harry Potter cast did, where they're aging and you realize they're okay. Some of them aren't as great growing up, in this, you know, in the acting world, mm. and they're just becoming more better to, I think, suit other roles. Then, and I think, yeah, like I was watching it, and Sadie Sink, who um plays Max in the show, absolutely love Sadie Sink. She's great, absolutely solid performer. Um, and the guy who plays Dustin, uh, I can't remember the life of him for his name. He's really good. He's been on Broadway and stuff. But like Finn Wolfhard. I've now seen it enough stuff, and I'm like, eh, you're okay. You kind of just play the same character in everything. You've been kind of typecast as the Stranger Things kid. And Millie Bobby Brown, who I think is very average now, the older she's gotten, she's just, it was funny. We were saying probably what made her so compelling was she didn't actually have much to say in the first season, so she was just this figurehead who was really impactful. Right, yeah. And the moment she had a voice, it was kind of like, Oh, mm.
1: I can That's... confidently say I haven't seen her in anything else. That, that I, wasn't an interview.
0: I watched mm. her in Enola Holmes and I was very bored.
1: Oh, I did watch that film. I was very right?
0: B- yeah, it was very boring. Mm. Um, not because probably of Millie Bobby Brown. I just didn't like the writing. I thought the writing was very average.
1: Yeah, and I really loved Sherlock too. Yeah, I was like, because and those kind of stories I get really into. I really yeah, like, but yeah, I forgot I saw it. <laughs>
0: Um, I also like I've seen her in other things like Godzilla and stuff, and I just feel like, yeah, it's it's like actors like you know childhood actors like Selena Gomez and Haley Steinfeld, um, they have aged you know well. They're really good at their characters. They couldn't switch between different uh, modes a lot, but yeah, like Millie Bobby Brown, I think is just going to be like eventually going to activism. She's very um, activism-driven, and that's fine. Go for it. But I probably won't sort of think twice if I don't see her in a film again. That'll be – which, you know, sounds heartless, but I just don't like it that much. I got, (laughs) I got very over her saturation on Instagram, I think. Mm. Um, And, yeah, social media being a complete, complete waste of of time. What's your thoughts on social media? Because that eye roll –
1: Oh, Sci- it, I, I probably wouldn't go as far as to call it a role. I just so social media. I don't. I'm not good at it. I don't get it. I don't. I'm not a huge sharer in general, and I have zero desire to put up any activities I'm ever doing for people to look at. Yeah. Um. And I don't really want to see other people's daily activities either. Um.
0: Interesting.
1: But I I have Instagram. Yeah. And I have Facebook, which I use as a calendar and a uh, texting platform. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I've never Twittered or any of those other ones. I know there are other ones. Tiktoked. I've n- neither ticked nor talked. You've um, never ticked or talked. No. Okay. Um. But yeah, I don't know. It's it's not. It's not a world I feel comfortable or confident or yeah. interested in.
0: Interesting.
1: But I do understand that it is basically how, how you, you access the world yeah. now, even as a business, like not just as an individual, but that's how yeah. celebrities are made and that's how businesses are uh, advanced.
0: Which is a bit dumb sometimes. Mm. It makes sense, but it's a bit dumb
1: yeah I mean, it, but it does make sense like I consider like I'm sitting here and saying, I don't really do social media a lot. I look at it every day, <laughs> I learn a lot about new businesses and products, et cetera, et cetera, that i you know I don't go out shopping, so that's where I get exposed to things, yeah, um and think, oh, that's a good idea, or oh, I should go there or oh, I should do that. It's all social media that I get that from, yeah. You know, I'm not cracking open my newspaper and looking in the classifieds for my daily activities. <laughs> like,
0: What's the classified section saying today? Yeah, um, I'm looking up
1: the movie time. Yeah. You
0: know? <laughs> um, I mean, do you feel, because of social media, do you feel like that, that it's been good to kind of just have a very uh, reflective point of it and not really kind of be immersed entirely by it? Um, like some people, do you think it's been better for your mental health?
1: I would say it like keeps me sane, and yep. yeah, I mean, I when I do put things up and by the time you like pick one photo and like think whatever inane thing you're gonna write underneath it, but then by the time you've done it, it's like half an hour or forty five minutes, and yeah, I, I can for me, I don't personally get anything from it. like I don't not that I don't get anything out of it, yeah, so I consider it kind of a waste of of my energy. Yeah. Um but that being said if I was one of those people who did get a lot out of it totally different story. Yeah. Um but I don't find it satisfying in any way. S- but I also don't really have a business to promote or um uh, a an- a thing to influence. Um Yeah. Yeah.
0: You're just being you and and doing what you love. Yeah. And that's it's
1: generally quite quietly. Yeah, um, yeah.
0: I mean, I think, I think that's the case of a lot of people, though. Mm. I think, yeah, I'm quite active on Instagram, like because I feel like I have to be, not because I right, want to be. Yeah, it's interesting. Like I, if I had my way, I'd I'd be like little next to not on social media. Mm. Like I'd just be like, my friends message me. Cool. I'll give him a call. Cool. Like whatever. Um, but the fact that I have to promote stuff, it feels like it feels like a chore. Yeah. I I'll be honest. It feels like an obligation, a chore, your comparison to each other.
1: Well, it is, it's work. That's yeah. what you're doing when you're promoting any, Yeah, like that is literally your work. Yeah. Um it's sort of part of your job, you know? Mm. Not that obviously your job can be fun, but but yeah, yeah. it's
0: and it, and it, it's funny that it just feels like such a chore because it kind of feels like this thing that I don't really mm. love. I wish I could schedule them. I wish I could just automatically send a um, schedule out and just go this upload these when I want you to and post them live when they're ready. Like I would rather just set up a big schedule and then not look at Facebook and social media yeah. for like a month, um, you know, because I think it's just that. De stress, uh, like mm. I love catching up on movie reviews and stuff. Like I watch YouTube a fair bit, but I generally, I don't know. I find I find like Messenger and Instagram quite exhausting, um,
1: especially the speed at which you get them. Sometimes yeah. I'll get messages on Messenger and just put my phone down, just be like, oh my god, if I open it, I'll have to reply to it, and then but then I forget. Like it's a double edged sword. Yeah, I know. Texts I'm really good at. Yeah, <laughs> um,
0: I um, I just text. I'm I'm actually much better at than I'm. I'm so easy with a phone call. Just call yeah, me. Like, yeah, me too. Um,
1: I almost put social media in like admin yes. in my brain. That's sort of where it goes. Yeah. Um, that being said, I do like that other people use it because I like to know if something exciting has happened in my friend's life, and I haven't had a chance to yeah call them or something um or i haven't spoken to them in a while i'm like oh it's cool that they're doing that or oh it's nice to know they're still doing that or yeah you know
0: i'd be like they're 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 living their exciting life Woo! yeah um yeah i totally agree i think it's a great way to like it's funny as well i don't, i'm not really that like will write a full essay on facebook anymore like i know friends who love to express every emotional beat of their life I'm not one of those people anymore like I Mm. I will tell everyone how much I love my partner and everything but that's kind of like when we have anniversaries and stuff it's not it's kind of just for more family and you know and friends like who actually care about this stuff and but in terms of the other things I post I post podcast stuff and YouTube stuff and it's Mm. like if you scrolled my Facebook you would find so many trailers for movies and that's fine because that's what I like sharing with friends but i totally with the algorithm it does get all jumbled up with everyone else's crap that mm. they also post and i'm not saying they everyone posts crap like but some people will post articles about dogs and <laughs> I I'm like love that's them. lovely <laughs> wholesome material right there and then someone will write an article that is just solely about abuse and hate uh, on yes. the internet and it's just like why like it's just yeah. um and then yeah, and you'll get these occasional posts, and then you know, like I think of older people, where it's like sexualizing people, and I'm like, why are you there? Like, there is so many threads that I see where it's sexualizing someone, or it's like you can't mm. post a photo without someone overtly sexualizing you.
1: Yeah, like, no, that that is yeah, that is a thing. It's actually a lot. It's a lot. I think of my Instagram feed right now. A lot of it is that, but Yeah. a lot of that a lot of it is like activism about why, why do we do that? Yeah. Um, But yeah.
0: I think I've been trying to wrap my head around why we sexualize everything. I think it comes down to it just being so in front of us. Oh, yeah. um, But it gives everyone a voice. Like if you turned off comments, do you imagine the amount of like people who wouldn't never say anything? Like they couldn't. They just physically couldn't. There would be no comment section, so you could just not post. On you would just post a picture,
1: but then and, no one would post. Exactly. Because, yeah. Because
0: it, cause it's a do- it double-edged sword again. Mm. You want people to react off it. You want people to say that you look good, or you, mm. you know. But you don't want the bad comments. But then also, there's people who are going to say the bad comments. Like it's just inevitable, and
1: I really don't know whether if you can't say something nice um idiom went uh yeah like i can't like imagine as in a seeing and... a photo i don't like and having to tell them that yeah uh... like if you don't ask my opinion if it's not a good one why would i give it to you like yeah. i don't need a comment on that photo and go um you probably shouldn't have worn that dress you yeah know? like why
0: i think that i think also with the lockdown and everything and like everyone's you know like lockdown has made everyone gain Probably like a couple of kilos or anything like that. It's just general, mm. like isn't it great? Um, <laughs> but social media decides to go. Oh, you look quite big. Sorry, have has anyone realised we're in lockdown and it's not exactly easy for some people to, you know, like and weight fluctuates. Like sometimes you'll fluctuate in weight and that's fine. I You're know s- I
1: do. <laughs> like
0: I know I do as well. Like it's and it's just like one of those things that baffles me. It happens more obviously to women than it does to men like it's a lot less prominent i seeing you know comments against guys or um people Mm -hmm. who identify um you know like trans men or anything although i think trans men get a lot of flack as well like just in general it's you know the trans community just gets so much flack and i was so grateful when like things like la page um uh said to the world that he was trans and Everyone didn't have a problem with it. It was just pretty... I think a couple of people did, but I did not read yeah, their articles. Yeah, they,
1: they got, um, got quietened down, yeah, no. quick, which was nice. Yeah. yeah.
0: It, I mean, like, I, I'm also glad that Netflix was on his side. Like, they mm. changed all the previous credits in, I think, the Umbrella Academy now to read Elliot so instead good. of Ellen. Yeah. And I think that's great. Like, it's it's a reflection of times moving forward, but... Mm. I and I get I understand that not everyone gets trans, like I get that not everyone understands identity and binary and the whole like system, but that doesn't give you an excuse to be an ass.
1: Yeah, can't you just not understand yeah. it in silence? Yeah, I know, it's <laughs> like please,
0: yeah. um, but yeah, like I feel I feel like you know a lot of a lot of the girls that I follow on Instagram do get flack at the moment for their weight change and everything mm. at the moment. And that's been prominent probably more sound now because of lockdown and everyone's going, oh, I need to lose that lockdown weight. And it's just like, that's not healthy to say that.
1: Yeah. No, I don't think, I mean, for one thing, I don't have a following, but I don't think I have any, I, I don't know if I have, I probably have comments. I don't think I've read them. I haven't really posted on Instagram since I retired. Because the only thing I ever posted on any social media was acting and modeling things. Yeah. And it was a work page for me. And yeah. I still am a bit um, reluctant to... I'll post stories of what I'm doing, but I'm a bit reluctant to post anything that's not work. Yeah, I don't... I mean, I, as you know, uh, as a friend of mine, I d- I'm really happy to talk about general things, but have I don't generally want to share the ins and outs of my personal life on the internet. No. Yeah. Or in general, I I think I have a lot of don't ask, don't tell like habits. Not, no, that's not true. It's more of a, if you will ask, I will tell you. Yeah. But if you don't ask, I generally don't.
0: Yeah. I feel like we've gotten to the stage of our friendship where we just tell each other stuff when we see each other and just like, yeah, update each other on each other's lives. But, um, Yeah, like, that. you know, we've had some very in-depth conversations about, you know, relationships Mm and um, love life and everything and it's just they stay very personal to us and the whole world doesn't need to fucking know about (laughs) them, Right, yeah. Like, I totally agree with you on that because it's Mm -hmm. just I feel like I feel like the world can be very toxic and judgmental Mm -hmm. of a lot of how, you know, we live our lives, and it's not healthy. It's just mm. not. Like, I realize, yeah, I'm like, I work like I do so much, mm. but it, it's, you know, when I don't do stuff, I suddenly feel like people just think that I'm not allowed to have free time.
1: Right, Because Because
0: yeah. you put that pressure on yourself to be constantly doing something. But you've got to remember, oh, this is my day. I don't have to do anything because mm. it's my day off. Like there's no obligations for me to do anything, and I think, yeah, that just comes with a work life balance, yeah. and just respecting oneself. Um, and yeah, I mean, like with, you know, with us as well, it's just yeah, like our conversations are our conversations. They're not gonna bleed to the world where it's like everyone fucking knows the ins and outs of mm. uh, Martin and Abigail, like talking <laughs> shit about. You know, everything. Like, yeah. I, I just feel that, yeah. The world probably also just doesn't care as much as we care about it. Mm. Like, that's one thing that I think. That's
1: what I assume, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know some of my, like, close friends will obviously care about uh, ins and outs of opinions. But, mm. you know, a lot of external people to that. Um, like, it was like something my mom said. Um, and she was listening to a podcast and I love, I, you know, I always think podcasts are self-reflective. They're very in depth and interesting, but mom was listening, like, I don't know if this is a generational thing. She's not very wear your heart and your sleeve kind of pe- person or, you know, just mm. like, and she was just like, oh, everyone on podcasts just all talk like they've, oh, it's just, it's just very tedious sometimes. <laughs> it's just all about their dramas in life. And I'm like, yeah. 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 Yeah, that's what podcasts are for. Like, that's true. Yeah. Um, They're about the ins and li- outs of people's lives mm-hmm. and interests that they have. Um,
1: yeah, which generally other people's interests, as we have covered off, are generally our tedious to other people. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I
0: mean, like, you know, but they're fun to us. And they, you know, we learn heaps about each other. Mm. and our, you know, but not everyone's going to love fucking everything that you say. Yeah. That's like impossible or is it someone said to me when I was very young it's like not everyone's gonna like you mm. and I was like touche true <laughs> not everyone's gonna like me and some people are just never gonna like me like for different reasons yeah and that's just inevitable isn't that bizarre
1: it is bizarre I don't understand how anyone could not like you Martin. thank you
0: <laughs> can I just say <laughs> that was not where I thought that was <laughs> going. But I appreciate the fact that that sounded so sarcastic. And
1: <laughs> oh, did it? it? It
0: sounded very genuine, but it also sounded very, like, it could have been taken <laughs> as a sarcasm.
1: My sarcasm always sounds genuine, and my genuineness always sounds super sarcastic. I don't mean it to.
0: <laughs> was it sarcasm or genuine? Neither. Okay, I'll take it as ambiguous. <laughs>
1: yeah, it was, you know. It's but a sta- I, It's a state of fact. It is, yeah. (laughs) Um,
0: No, I love that. I love that. Um, Before we wrap things Mm. up, because, yeah, so your long-term plan before you, Mm -hmm. you know, is to go off and perform this thing in Edinburgh. And, like, well, hopefully one day you can perform something you wrote in Edinburgh. Is that the dream?
1: Well, I didn't write that one. I just loved it. Um, But, yeah, no, the dream... I, I think I will always act. I think you can't like you can't really get out. It's Not really saying you can give up. You know? I, yeah, I don't think you're actually um, retired. No, no, it's just like another one for Actors Anonymous. Um, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's um, I will always. I would like to keep writing, developing. I'm loving developing yeah. for for other people. Like that, I have nothing to. You know. Yeah. Um. Where I don't have so much skin in having to make the story, but then I'll also always write. Um. I'm I'm finding my most comfortable spot is in collaborations now. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Or coming into a project somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Um. Or even like ghost writing or or editing. Like love that. Um. Yeah. But yeah. Uh. But yes, yeah, so I'll, I'll, you know, ideally I would like to stay, always have something sort of going, always be involved in the arts. Um and then I as I I, w- I would like to probably write more in the series style, TV series style. Yeah. Um Yeah. And then I'll I'll interpret and sort of stay there. Yeah. I don't know, I can't imagine ever having one job. I can't, there's no part of me that's like, end goal, just one of them.
0: No, um, I never can imagine you as having one job, ever. Yeah. You are really a jack of all trades, master of none, kind of. Yes. <laughs> but I, I love that about you. And Thank you. Yeah. But you have, yeah. You have many skills. Many great skills.
1: I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I just, I look forward to a long working career and friendship with you because yeah. I imagine... Are still doing stuff like this in our fifties?
1: Yes, especially at the rate we we go. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, finally we get there. And Five years a like, project. Let's yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, we'll have we'll have either I'll have kids by that stage. Who knows? Oh
1: <laughs> boy! Wow. Yeah. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, who knows? Not <laughs> me. Not you. <laughs> You'll be nannying my kids. There you go. That'll be your only dosage too. Oh
1: wow! Yeah. All right. You can take that. Mm-hmm.
0: You can deal with that. I'm sure
1: they can come to work with me. They'll be quiet, right? Yeah. Um. <laughs>
0: I'm sure if they're anything like me, they'll be quiet. <laughs> um, but no, it's been an absolute pleasure sitting down with you. Um, where can everyone find you, Abigail? Like on your social
1: <laughs> my media? social media yeah. that I don't I mean, use. It is, yeah, uh, it's Abigail Honey. Just that. And there's an at at the start. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um. Okay.
1: Fine. Yeah. Unless it's Facebook and then it's there's no at, at the there's start. It's just just find it's, Abigail Honey. Yeah. Stalk. If you can. Um. Oh
0: my god. <laughs> um well thank you. Thank you for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure.
1: It has. It has been good. <laughs> when I do things, you can definitely find them through other people's yeah. social medias. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my Lord. Yeah, you can. You can absolutely. Um, go and stalk her. And and if you want to listen to another guest next week, I'll be chatting with someone else. Um, and you can check out more episodes available on Apple and Spotify. And I'll speak to you all next week. Goodbye.